0: Hi everyone and welcome back to another Parliamental. Anne, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Now, there's no roof around us here today. Hey. There's no iron board. You know if you can hear it. No. This is an outside broadcast. Now, we're at the Alexandra Park Festival where we are standing round the back of the stalls. Is that yeah. right?
1: Yeah, under the trees. It's lovely. So
0: Anne's got a wee stall. She was doing some... We doing? Some...
1: I'm doing a surgery jointly with Ivan's team and with Councillor Russell Robertson. So we paid to have a stall here and I did an hour and a half of a surgery and they're doing the rest of it. So how's it been? really busy actually uh, first of all I went on the parade I was on the procession and uh, normally I just watch it and that was good that was really good fun the atmosphere was great this event is building every year I mean a couple of years ago I was laughing because a couple of years ago I remember watching the kids proce- pro- processing proce- proce- well.
0: procedurising yeah yeah yeah. that'll be the uh, word proce- walking
1: procedurising along the road uh, as part of this carnival parade and they all had the carnival costumes on and their faces were all sort of saying I wish my ma hadn't made me do this. But this time, the atmosphere was great and everybody was really getting into it, so it was really nice. But in terms of the surgery, I've had loads of people and I'm just so pleased about that. And, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed speaking to people today.
0: Brilliant. So, I mean, like I said, it's been absolutely mobbed. I I waited in a queue, I have to admit, to record this podcast. I'm sorry about that. I was going to pretend there was something wrong with my constituency that I had to get get a slot, but we finally got it. So, yeah, we're behind the stalls here just now. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is... A lot's changed since we last recorded our podcast. A lot changed while we were recording the last podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think me and you tweeted over the past couple of weeks that the minute we do a podcast, it's out of date. I know. But things might have settled a wee bit because we do have a new Prime Minister.
1: Mm. We've got a new cabinet. Mm.
0: And we've seen the rise and fall of an eagle.
1: Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> very good. It's very Thank good. You. Like that. <laughs> yes, good I thought you said the rise and fall of an eagle and I thought, oh, we'll, we'll see well, that all the time. Well, that as well. Yeah, it's right. every five
0: minutes. <laughs> so, like, it's been pretty busy. It's all been happening. Yeah. And uh, what do you think of Theresa May's PM? We talked about this last time, but what, what, now that she is PM, what do you think about it?
1: I think she is a Tory Prime Minister. End of story. You know, what What difference it's going to make. I don't know. I think it will make a difference. I think she'll be worse than David Cameron. I think she'll be even more right-wing, just from some of the stuff that I've... Rumours that I'm hearing and some of the appointments that she's made. And, I mean, forget the Boris thing, but she's appointed... Priti Patel, my favourite, to be uh, the Secretary of State for International Development or Minister for International Development. And I'm pretty sure she said that DFID, which is the Department for International Development, should be closed down. And now she heads up. Andrea Leadsom is in charge of energy and I think she once said there was no such thing as global uh, global warming. Um, So, yeah, Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think she'll be... She'll be a more effective prime minister, a more effective Tory prime minister. Mm. I think she'll get stuff done. The stuff that she gets done will be scary.
1: Aye, Um, and that's worrying. When you've got policies like that, you don't want them to be effective.
0: You also mentioned like various jobs people are getting. To give Boris Johnson foreign secretary is (laughs) hilarious. Is that a punishment? for the country
1: i know I don't, I don't know what it's about i think I, I read somewhere speculation that she might be doing it because she knows it's the last job he should be doing and this will finish him off and he won't be trying to uh, oust her as prime minister and going for it himself i don't think it is that no i think she she just genuinely i mean the guy if he would take himself a bit more seriously a bit more often probably could do a decent job for a tory um you know and that's what he needs to do. And I think she probably knows him well enough to know that if he takes himself more seriously and stops focusing on the Personal. personality, then he'll be able to do it. But he's, he's got an uphill battle because of a lot of the things that he's said in the past.
0: I mean, he had that painful conference with John Kerry. Mm. And like you're saying, <laughs> it's an interesting transition because I do think he's a very intelligent man. Mm. And, but he's, very, he's been building on Bran Boris so yeah. now he's got a cabinet position where there's cabinet responsibility and he has to toe the line and now mm-hmm. he's representing the state he's now in this weird transition where he's getting shown up people just read yeah. off all the stuff that he said before and it's, so it's interesting to see a different Boris Johnson when he's talking now he's trying to be a very serious, yeah. sombre politician
1: I, I, he's got an opportunity to reinvent himself and, you know, I think it's fine for all of us to be going, oh, ha, ha, Boris, Foreign Secretary and all the rest of it for a wee while, but then we just have to get down to work and say, right, he's the Foreign Secretary, we've got issues that need dealt with and expect him to deal with them and just see how it goes.
0: Very interesting, though, that he seems to have a remit of Foreign Secretary apart from Brexit, which went to David Davis. <laughs> so it's a very interesting way that that, that, one, that one really important part of foreign policy has been carved out yeah. of his niche.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. Maybe he didn't want it.
0: Probably didn't want it. Because
1: bear in mind all the rumours that he didn't want us to leave Europe in the first place.
0: But she seems like a great type of Foreign Secretary, when the, yeah. w- the biggest thing that's probably happening in Britain in foreign policy terms isn't your bag. Uh-huh. I, I could Foreign Secretary But it is like, your fault. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, and what do you think about Ange- the whole Angela Eagle thing? I know it's been a bit of a sitcom and a bit of a drama, but I wonder what else is going on in the Labour Party that Angela Eagle sort of rose up and then went away?
1: Oh, do you know what? I think the whole thing is just, I, I i don't even know if I can find the words to talk about what's going on in the Parliamentary Labour Party. I, um, I remember tweeting that I had made a number of predictions and uh, they'd all come true. Um, and I said, and one of my predictions was then that Angela Eagle wouldn't challenge Jeremy because she did chicken out for a long time and I was walking through Parliament the other day and I thought but I still think she won't challenge him I think still think she'll stand down and uh, hey ho she did Uh, so quite pleased myself my Gypsy Rose Lee skills are uh, doing me doing me well here but um, I the whole thing about you know Her office window was smashed by a brick, clearly by Jeremy Corbyn or one of his supporters, according to the nonsense. A man meeting a subscription was
0: seen fleeing the scene. Yeah,
1: a man meeting the description of Jeremy Corbyn with a Jeremy Corbyn name badge on. And it turned out not to be her office window. It was a communal building in which her office is. And it was a communal uh, window that was smashed. And then she had to cancel a meeting, a public meeting meeting. Uh, for fear of uh, safety and the hotel manager there said no actually I told you to cancel it because I don't want a party political event at my hotel and there's all sorts of shenanigans going on I think it's really pretty low some of it will be right enough there will be bullying tactics on both sides but there's no way in the world that Jeremy Corbyn is a bully or condones bullying. I'm a very good judge of character, I spent a long time talking to Jeremy before he came later because he sat on the benches behind the SNP my partner knows him really well, has known him for 20 years he is a lovely man and not only would he not do it he wouldn't allow it to be done in his name if you ask me they're doing what they did to us eh, not not the parliamentary labour party but what was done to us during the independence referendum when you and i jerry both know that it was nothing but positive and you know it was a fantastic time to be campaigning Fantastic time to be engaging in Scottish politics, and and the opposition turned it round and they colluded with the media to make it look as though we were bully boys, and you know, and we were anything but in fact we were victims of bullying and I was you know threatened a number of times quite seriously threatened but we never talked about that because we just wanted to talk about the actual issues and I think that's what's happening in the Labour Party and I think it's absolutely disgusting and the last thing I'll say unless you've got more questions on it at the parliamentary Labour Party hustings on Monday night I heard that one after the other labor mps were getting up and they were attacking him in such a way that some of the other mps who are not on anyone's side were almost in tears because of the viciousness of it and the personal nature of it and to do that to you know they, they should have been talking about policies to do that to an individual like Jeremy Corbyn is absolutely despicable particularly somebody you know he's a wee bit older he's you know he, he's under an awful lot of stress as it is, um, but you know it's only because they're under threat and they know that he's got. I'm absolutely certain he will win. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's not
0: like a Min Campbell situation when Min Campbell was sort of ousted in the Lib Dems, where people saw him as, for whatever reason, but they saw him as kind of elderly and ineffectual, and that mm. was just, that was at least a, a polite uprising. There's the, the the vehemence with which people are attacking Jeremy Corbyn lays lie to the fact that he's somehow no good or that he's ineffectual it's not that he's ineffectual it's that he is effectual but in the direction they don't want him to be effectual
1: exactly exactly people really like Jeremy they might not like him but people really the, the people that are around him in his front bench team incidentally are very loyal to him and they're all good people now there are some people I would say are good people who are opposed him and it really upsets me when I see some of the things that they're saying because I always thought they were okay but you know he's got good people around him but I don't know if anyone else has noticed this but in the last couple of weeks his his TV his media interviews he's been so relaxed he's been self-deprecating he's been humorous um, and I think you know it's incredible that he can come out of that sustained pressure and come out the other side and be who he's being at the moment And I think that, to me, tells me all I need to know about his effectiveness and his value as the leader of a political party. And the other thing that I love about him, he's always said, anytime I've I've read anything about him, he's always said, invited to criticize other people. He's always said, look, people can be as negative and as personal about me as they like. They won't get me to indulge in that sort of thing. And he doesn't indulge in it. And, you know, yeah. Can you tell I'm a Jeremy fan? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually just a fan. Uh, I'm just not a fan of bullying, yeah, and that's just, what they're doing. And
0: that's the thing you can even if even if you're not in the same party as someone, you can still admire how they approach politics mm. and their opinions, and, his, and he does seem like a genuinely he seems like a, a genuine person, yep. and a person who again has just been effective, but not effective to the hundred and odd people that want mm. shot of him for some reason.
1: Yeah, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see what becomes of this. But I can't help but thinking that the Labour Party is going to split. With, uh, with the Parliamentary Labour Party, but I think that would be disaster- disastrous.
0: Yeah, the, for, for Labour right now to want another elec- well, for Labour to split so big, so largely, would, mm. would would I think increase demands for a general election. I know there's mm. a Fixed Parliament Act, but it would see that a large party split in half, and Labour wouldn't come out of that very well.
1: I'm not having another general election, Jerry. i <laughs> have
0: just I've not doing it. Energy.
1: No, I'm just not <laughs> doing it. <laughs> I'll just stay down there and go. No, I'll just stay. I'll just stay as the MP. You lot can have an election, but I'm not doing it. <laughs>
0: Nan, the Commons held a debate and a vote this week on renewing Trident mm-hmm. with cost ranging anywhere from free, mm-hmm. 20 pence, <laughs> up to £250 billion, uh, Parliament ultimately voted to renew. Mm-hmm. Now, big question, and how did you vote on it?
1: <laughs> I'm not telling you it was a secret vote. No. Uh, obviously, I voted against uh, renewing Trident. I-, I read somewhere that the SNP MPs were all sheep because we wouldn't dare vote for Trident. And I thought... I wouldn't dare vote for Trident because it's, it's Trident. immoral <laughs> and I it, because yeah. it's Trident exactly. <laughs> um, but no, obviously I, I voted against. I tried to speak in the debate, but I wasn't allowed.
0: So, were there any kind of shining lights in the debate? Did anyone give any kind of speech that you felt was interesting or got the heart pumping apart from SNP MPs, obviously?
1: Oh, I was going to say. I oh, we'll go for it. Yeah. Angus Robertson's speech was brilliant, if you want to look them up, Angus Robertson I thought was fantastic, I thought um, Drew Henry's speech was really good, Mary Black's speech was really good, and there was somebody else, Tommy Shepard's speech was really good. Um, on the other side, were there any good ones, uh, well, uh, no.
0: Did anyone make you think, did anyone at least give you pause for thought to think that's an argument for Trident, at any moment?
1: Nope, no. but I did listen. I did. I mean, I did listen, um, and all it did was strengthen my resolve because there, there weren't arguments. There weren't any arguments in favour of it that made any sense to me, and and when we were questioning the cost, uh, our MPs were facing interventions from uh, 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 mainly Tories, but also Labour. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll come on to Labour in a minute. But when we so any time any of ours questioned the cost of it and said, you know, people have a right to know how much, and you're not telling us how much. There's all these as you see all these estimates, and um, and they would intervene and they would say, um, is there any price at which the honourable gentleman or the honourable lady would support Trident, uh, no matter you know any. Amounts that you would would be okay, and we were like no, and they were like aha, caught you out. See, see, so you're actually against it for other reasons. Oh, there was no secret in that, but aye, um, it was it was awful. It was horrible thing. That sat through most of it. I was trying to get in with some interventions on Theresa May, but. She, sh- she just wouldn't, wouldn't let me.
0: Because, like you're saying, apart from... You can have both arguments at the same time. You can have a moral and an economic argument mm. against it. You can think it's disgusting mm. and then look how much it costs mm-hmm. and think that's disgusting too. And I know there's a lot of debate about how many jobs it supports, but I'm firmly of the opinion that Trident's not even effective. You could you could spend all that Trident money, if you wanted to, mm. you spend all that Trident money on conventional forces mm. and have massive mm-hmm. employment. It's yeah. just a sink of, So... Even if you're, even if you're, even defence gets you excited and you're yeah, really behind it. Yeah. There's other ways you could spend that defence money. Yep. Still save a huge amount of cash and have a lot more employment, but it just exactly. disappears overseas.
1: Exactly. But let me tell you about the Labour MPs. So I was really quite stunned. Jeremy Corbyn made a pretty good speech about obviously been against it and he was intervened on time after time by his own backbenchers saying words to the effect you do know what party policy is, don't you Jezza? It was that mm-hmm. sort of thing and they were so rude some of them but um, yeah then they made their speeches about how we will all fight together we will be unified in this parliament we will do the right thing for our nation and um, and all the rest of it. And any time any of ours stood up and said anything, a lot of them were intervening, we tend to just ignore them them, don't let them intervene when they're when it's about something like that but um, they would be shouting over or they would get in with an intervention and they would say well we'll have the jobs we'll take we'll take the jobs if you lot don't want the jobs and we're saying well take the jobs take the weapons as well take Trident have it on the Thames or have it on the Humber or whatever and of course they don't want that and um, but you know, their attitude is, oh, you don't care about people's jobs. But as you say, you've got a hell of a lot of money there that you can invest in however you invest it in creating jobs for people that, yeah, of course, wouldn't be, won't be uh, doing traveling anymore.
0: A, there's a contrast with the French nuclear deterrent, where a French nuclear deterrent, all the parts are largely made in France by French companies. We basically pay a really high fee. Mm. To American companies mm-hmm. yep. that we manage it, so it's like it's like we've got it in HP. We're paying through the nose yeah. for this. We don't we don't have any. This I mean, but it's back to like even the economic argument. We don't have any expertise in mm. it. We just basically manage it. If something goes wrong, we phone a really expensive support line that disappears abroad. So, yep. apart from the death, destruction, horrible, we're a target by having it. All this sort of stuff just flushing money down the pan
1: I know I, I had a number of interventions that I was trying to get in on and one of them I was, I was going to uh, tell the members about um, I was trying to get in on a Labour MP about Donald Trump um, in January he addressed a crowd in Iowa and he said you know I could go to Fifth Avenue I could start shooting people dead and I still wouldn't lose a single vote and what I was going to ask them is, you know, are you really, really comfortable with the idea that this guy could be president of the U.S. And because we're so tied in with the U.S. on the nuclear weapons system, that he would have a say on whether or not our nuclear weapons were uh, detonated? Is that what you say? Yeah, launched. Um, yep. launched, deployed. I, I deployed, deployed. That was probably the word I was going to use. Um, because you know, I'm. I mean, I'm. Against it anyway, but I'm far more against it if the idea that he's getting any say in whether or not it happens when he's got that attitude. Uh, and anyway, I had planned, I hadn't, you know, I, I just had the kind of thought in my head. I was jumping up and down, but I thought um, we, we all try and get Scottish words in there just to confuse Hansard, um, and that it's not the only reason we do it. And I was going to ask if they thought a man who spoke such utter claptrap. Um, as someone we would want having a say in, in a, but um, yeah so I never get in so I'll get the word claptrap clap, in at some point answer.
0: also let's not forget how excited Theresa May was at the prospect of using nuclear weapons oh well she, she didn't even she didn't even do the thing you're meant to do which is like oh you know the heavy burden of Oh, it was just like yes
1: she clearly thought that would make her stand out mm-hmm. you know so I'll just say yes, but the question was um, something like, um,
0: "Are you happy that something, a hundred thousand men, women, and children, or something? There's a kind yeah, of, a casualty so figure?
1: and yet, you know, when you when you use weapons like that, or use any kind of weapons, you know, the kind of international law. I can't remember which one, but international law says that you do it only to." Um, target um,
0: military or military
1: targets yeah but she's going to go above and beyond the call of that that one and she's going to ta- uh, target uh, adults and children now eh? humans yeah she
0: seems so excited and like you're saying I can see her it, it made it on the news it was a sound bite but I think it, it kind of backfired a wee bit at least look like you're, you're plagued by the, the pressure mm-hmm. of that, that decision
1: I know I know
0: also an Angus Robertson, Alan Smith, Tommy Shepard and Chris McElhinney are all standing for the spot vacated by Stuart Hosey. Yep. Uh, what do you think about that That group of people who are standing for that position?
1: I think we should put four women up as well. That'll sort them out. Uh, no, uh, I, know, I know all of them. I know all of them pretty well. I know all of them on a personal level. <sighs> so confusing. That's, uh,
0: for, for me someone... Who doesn't know any of them and looking at them all, they all seem really qualified, really talented, and different. They're all different Mm. people, they all have different skill sets. It's Mm. not, it's a really difficult decision.
1: It is a really difficult decision, and I, when I reach my decision, I'm I'm probably not going to tell anybody what it is because I've got this bee in my bonnet about, um, oh, my coffee's just arrived. Am I allowed to say that? Thank you. If you, uh, listeners, I just have to take a sip of this coffee because my mouth's dry. Oh, I've got a bee in my bonnet about um, elected members endorsing people that are standing for internal elections. I don't like it. Uh, I wanted um, to debate it at conference because I think it gives people an unfair advantage. So the vast majority of our 120,000 members that we apparently have, uh, do not have personal contact with any of these people. And so they're going to judge it, of course on what they hear from the people themselves, their statements, but they're also going to judge it on who's supporting them. And I, I just don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. That said, I'll tell you what I think of each of them, right? right. Chris McElhaney, I'll tell you, him first um, is a really good counsellor in Inverclyde. He's my mum's counsellor. And when she had a power cut once, and I was tweeting him about it, asking him if he knew anything about it, he went away and got her homemade chicken soup and took it up to the house wow. with candles. So there you go, that's Chris. Uh, Alan Smith. Well, who could forget Alan's shake a leg,
0: shake a leg, shake
1: a leg comments? But Alan obviously, you know, is going to be really crucial as is Ian Hodgton in the coming years because they are the members of the European Parliament and um, absolutely committed. And I've known Alan a long, long time, and I rate him very highly. Uh, Angus Robertson is doing the best job imaginable as our leader in uh, Westminster. Um, His door's always open. I mean, he's got more than 50 of us and um, and his door is always open and he's very approachable. I've known Angus a long, long time and um, I think he's a brilliant politician. And I do see the sense in having, because there's so many of us down there, having the deputy leader being down in London or over in Europe. Um, I see the sense in that. Right, so the last one is Tommy Shepherd, who, before anybody else put themselves forward, I had been talking to about what I think the deputy leader's role should be, because deputy leader largely carves their own role. And some of the things that I think we need to look at developing within the party, and I think Tommy's got some great ideas. He's a brilliant speaker. The fact that he wasn't, till 15 years ago he was in the Labour Party, but when he was in the Labour Party, he wasn't just in the Labour Party, he ran a council in London. He was the council leader. I find that utterly fascinating. I think it gives him a different kind of perspective that he's coming from. So I don't know. I just, I think they're all really good. I think they would all bring something different to it. It is a shame that there are no women um, standing, but... If there are none. And actually, personally, my ideal for deputy leader would have been somebody, kind of elder states, woman or man type person, who isn't currently elected to anything, and is retired, and knows the party really well, is well respected throughout the party, and throughout the party hierarchy, if you like, and could have devoted quite a bit of time to That would have been my ideal. Uh, so it's not in terms of the personalities of the four that are standing. It's
0: the fact they've got other roles and other responsibilities.
1: Yes, and I think you know that that job is not to be a, a kind of figurehead. That job, there's a real job to be done there. So that would have been that would be my ideal. But I'll be happy. I'm not going to be unhappy with any of those four.
0: I think that's it for, for me on the outside. Whoever gets it, I'm, I'm going to be happy with. they all they're all really high quality. Whoever wins it. It's going to be great for them. Quite lucky, aren't they? Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Now, this this is what you call fill-in listeners because <laughs> Anne just took a drink of coffee there.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: So, Anne, you've also tabled... Now, I thought you tabled a, an early day motion. I was going to ask you about an early day motion and you eyeballed me because how many early day motions have you tabled?
1: I think it's about six this week.
0: Six this week?
1: Which probably doubles the number of early day motions I've tabled in the time I've been there. I don't really do it that often. I, don't, I, don't, I think you have to value the early day motion. Oh, on the other hand, I think you have to value it and not just do it for everything. I mean, there are some of my colleagues who do it for every street in there. Congratulate White Hill Street and Deniston on on getting rid of the dog sh- problem. Oh, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> you know, so I'm not that kind of EDM person. On the other hand, um, as well as valuing it, I think you also have to be cognizant of the fact that actually do It's anything. a kind of ceremonial thing. Aye. It's a way of
0: having something recognised in Parliament.
1: I mean, I do sometimes. I'm really bad at signing EDMs, right? I've got other things that I need to do and I quite often forget to go and look at them, right? Unless somebody hands me a thing and says, can you sign this EDM? And I'll read it and if I want to, I'll sign it. So I'm quite bad at doing that and I do get quite angry emails from people saying, why have you not signed this uh, EDM on dog fighting? Does that mean you support dog fighting? Well, of course I don't. But I feel like saying to them, look, I'm sorry, I will I'll go and sign it now but the fact that i didn't sign it doesn't mean anything because it ain't going to stop it's not going to make any difference it is just you know symbolic if you like anyway so you want to know what i said oh somebody's wow. just handed I don't oh know. Uh, jerry wants some as well sorry somebody's just given us sweeties you're a, you're a feeder it says graham my partner is a feeder i'm sure you're going to edit all this out aren't you
0: mr's <laughs> making it in lovely
1: what is it is that, ta- is that tablet or fudge? Oh, a sort of tablet-y thing. Mm. Oh, that is nice. Oh. oh, that's lovely. Home baking.
0: So what happens when you're out in a FET? <laughs> Diabetes.
1: <laughs> right, EDMs. So, yeah,
0: you're oh. you are saying you got to respect them. You can't just sign them willy-nilly, but there's always a million EDMs to be signed.
1: Yeah, so I put down six this week.
0: So what were your six?
1: So the first one was congratulating three Glasgow athletes who've been selected for Team GB. And I don't want anybody tweeting me saying, how can you think Britain is great? I don't think Britain's great, it's just called Team GB. Anyway, I had that before, you know. Really? Because I mentioned Britain. Well, it's not my fault uh, it you, can be, you can be a
0: Scottish nationalist and still acknowledge the fact the yes. United Kingdom of Great Britain, and Northern Ireland, <laughs> exists?
1: Yes. So, Team GB has got three Glasgow athletes um, and uh, they do... These particular athletes come out of Shettleston Harriers, which, strangely, is registered in Deniston, right? Okay. Even though it's called Shettleston Harriers. But it, it covers the whole of the East End and they do... These three athletes have done... Two of them done a lot of work in schools in, in Postle Park and in Royston, in my constituency. Anyway, I was just congratulating them because I think it's a great achievement and wishing them luck. I just wanted to give them a wee, a wee plug. Um, the others were on human rights in the Gambia, Bad. Um the Philippines. The new uh, president of the Philippines has called on ordinary citizens to track down and kill drug addicts. Wow, mm-hmm. I did
0: not know that. That's um, yeah, I mean, that's a policy. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's so, a policy. so condemning that in the yeah, strongest definitely. terms. Um, what else did I put down? Uh, there was one on Syria detainees that I wanted to do, but I didn't get it done in time. So I'll need to do that after the recess. Uh, there was quite a few, um, it was mainly human rights and civil liberties type things. Oh, there's a group called Weevolution based, uh, they've got a group in Provenmil, um and they're a fantastic organisation. I won't go into detail now, but look up Weevolution. They're based in Scotland, and they've got a group in my constituency, and they've just been named as a Nesta New Radicals. Um, They've got an award for that, so I put an EDM down about them. And there is a purpose in appointing me doing that. The reason is I do want people to know about them because I think they're fantastic. I think the stuff they do, the group work that they do is incredible. So... um, we don't have time to go into it, but just do look it up. Weevolution.
0: Weevolution, yeah, I'll have a look at that. Maybe stick a link in the notes as well.
1: Yeah.
0: And Anna saw that you met Dennis Goldberg
1: this week. Yes, I did.
0: So do you want to tell me and the listeners, mostly me, about, about <laughs> Dennis Goldberg and who he was?
1: Everybody should meet Dennis Goldberg. I've met him twice now. Um, he was uh, an anti-apartheid, is an anti-apartheid campaigner. Activist member of the ANC in South Africa who was jailed at the same time part of the same trial as Nelson Mandela He served 22 years in solitary confinement. I think he said he's 82 now But it's 22 years in solitary confinement um, And he's an incredible guy incredible sense of humor He, You know and how you retain your sense of humor after that. I don't know and um, so he was coming to Parliament to talk to the, the uh, all-party group on South Africa um, and that was the other EDM that I'd forgotten about. So last Monday, the 18th of July, was Mandela Day and uh, so I put down an EDM marking Mandela Day and, you know, marking the, the legacy that Mandela left us and welcoming Dennis Goldberg to the Parliament. And the other birthday this week, on the 19th, was Nicola Sturgeon's mm-hmm. birthday. She was 50... Oh, no, so hang on. No. Yeah, OK, she was 40, 46 or something. <laughs> but, you know, she's getting on a bit. Um, so, so, listen, on my birthday, she tweeted the world, because she has about 300,000 followers, and told them how old I was. So I'm not letting her... That was so yeah, funny we
0: seeing that. I think just her just sticking you in it on Twitter, and so many people didn't realise that she was sticking you in it. They just thought, "Oh, that's nice." I thought Nicola, she was I, being
1: nice. Suddenly, just
0: telling everyone how old Anna is. We're just like,
1: bah. Mm, we know better. <laughs> um, but yeah, I So it was her birthday on Tuesday. Um, so happy birthday, Nicola! I'm just saying that so that she'll retweet the podcast. Oh man,
0: that would that would help. 300,000. <laughs> Come on, Nicola. Come on, Nicola. <laughs> how old <laughs> she again? 38.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, no, 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 she's nowhere near that old.
0: And that's us at the end of another episode no. of Parliamental, I know. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can contact us on Twitter at ParliamentalPod, on Facebook, search for Parliamental, and via email at parliamentalpodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review if you like the show. Now, Anne, it's in recess, so we're kind of unclear about the schedule for the next episode.
1: Yeah But um, We're trying to do it Two weeks today Which will be the 6th of August Which will be Jamaican Independence Day
0: Yeah so we'll have to do Something for that We might just have to mention it I don't know if I do I to have time to do research On that no, one but No yeah. no
1: we could do A wee bit of reggae In the background I, I'll I'll do a Bob Marley for you
0: Cool sounds good I am Yeah Okay I'm, I'm definitely up for that If you want to do a Bob Marley For the podcast I'm definitely up for recording that
1: <laughs> That was a joke
0: Alright it. Anyway We'll be back in a fortnight With you know Jamaican themed Dan So thanks for listening everyone Bye
1: Bye